Welcome to what I think will be a very animated edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, Amigo Aaron, joined by the human cartoon himself. I give you the Brent. You know, Aaron, I've often been called a putty before due to my my fluid animated style. It could be because it looks like you're full of goo. This week, Brent, we spun the wheel, we made the deal, and we'll be playing, bam, British cartoon games. And let me tell you something. As if that wasn't enough, because that will bring in the people. Bam! It's Bizarro <laughs> Week. Ooh, Bizarro Week. You know what that means? That means, oh, we spun the wheel, we made the deal, but we pick each other's games. Crisscross, applesauce. And so we've picked the game for the other to play. Uh, Brent, did you find this a chore at all, or were you happy to send this game my way? See, chat sort of challenged us last week. I don't know if you saw this in chat when this got spun. They challenged us to uh, review animated, actually hand-draw, or, you know, not CGI, not claymation, not stop-motion, actual animated cartoon and cartoon-based games. Yeah. I found that aspect of the challenge to be incredibly difficult because the amount of stuff coming out of the UK that is CGI or stop motion animation based is off the chart. No Ridiculous kidding, how much of their stuff is is uh, claymation or CGI. Crazy stuff. Yeah, I-, I was surprised too when I went to do some research on this episode. And realized that a lot of the stuff that I, I've heard of and that have games was, in fact, not animated. And by yeah. God, I was going to stick to my guns and pick something that's animated. Now, you know, I don't know how much you know about British cartoons, uh, the brand. I'm guessing not a whole lot. No, and not really, a whole lot. I do a few, you know, and I kind of had an idea which ones I was going to pick uh, for you this week. But I did kind of do a quick dive into the into the area. Most of the the uh, the shows that I'm familiar with are kids shows that my son would have watched uh, back in the day. And sure. so the, my first thought was, I'm going to make the Brent play a Kipper the Dog game because everybody loves Kipper. He's awesome. I used to watch that show, and it was less annoying than most of the shows that the boy would watch. I was surprised to find out that I couldn't find a Kipper the Dog game. I was yeah. stunned by this. So then I thought, well, what else did the kid watch? Oh, I know. Peppa Pig, right? Everybody loves Peppa the Pig. Well, Peppa the Pig, ironically, has just got a game coming out. It's on Steam right now. And I thought to myself, hey, I'm in. Well, then it was 40 bucks, And I thought to myself, Woo. even for this show, I can't just... And we'd both have to pay 40 bucks for this Peppa the yeah, Pig. Yeah, we, we don't got that kind of budget. Yeah, so I was like, you know, maybe we'll not do Peppa the Pig. Maybe we'll do something else. And so I, that's eventually how I came to choose what I ended up picking. How did you get there? Uh, I literally searched far and wide. Uh, first of all, when I very first went into it, I said, okay, I'm just going to search for British cartoon games, right? No, no, that was a horrible idea. So then I just started searching for animated uh, British cartoons, which, like I said before, a tremendous feat, far harder than you would think. Yeah. And then I just went through all of those uh, different cartoon shows, checking to see if there were games. Yeah. And I, I actually I found a few. There's a there's a large amount of uh, British cartoons that were at one time hand animated, but then went to CGI, and but their games are all based off the CGI version. So it was an incredible task. I, I learned uh, a lot about some of the animation games and studios and crap like that from that are actually British based. Because a lot of these things will be France or come out of Spain. Or I, there was a lot of uh, uh, games that were U.S. companies doing British games. I thought that was kind of strange too, but. Eventually, I did find one. I was happy to have done it. It may just be the way things were, uh, you know, the the way the industry was moving. You know, maybe the lack of uh, people that worked on that sort of thing in the UK. Now, let me ask you, as, as a younger guy, or maybe even as an older guy, were you into any British cartoons on your own? No, not a single one. We used to get a cartoon on Nickelodeon 
called Danger Mouse. <clears throat> now, Danger Mouse, I had watched uh, plenty of times. And I, I never really was a huge fan, but I know it got a game uh, on the ZX, I believe. So that's one that came to mind. Uh, but uh, uh, there, I, I'm like you. There wasn't a lot that I knew about that had made it across the pond. Now, if we were doing games based on Japanese cartoons, we'd be laughing. Because that, there's larger, a tons, a yeah. ton of those. So yeah. this, was a, this was an interesting, this was an Challenging interesting week. category. Yeah, it sure was. Challenging uh, week. So with all that said, again, we picked each other's games, uh, the brand. So I guess I'll go ahead and lead the dance today. Uh, and why don't you tell the people why you picked this for me, and I'll get into it. I literally picked this because it was a uh, game that had a video game based off of it that was sort of retro. So <laughs> I wanted to That's pick a it, British huh? system. I wanted to pick a British system that had a British game. And uh, or a British cartoon, and this this filled the bill, so it got picked. That is literally why. Well, so you had no, there was no ulterior motive here. No, no, okay, literally, that's why. Well, my game this week, in case you were wondering, is called Bangers and Mash. Bangers yeah. and Mash. Uh, I played the uh, ZX Spectrum version. It was also released on the Amstrad and the C sixty four. This was published by Alternative Software Limited. Uh, which I'll get into them in a little while, and developed by Bizarre Developments. When you hear the things the, that Bizarre Developments got into, you can see how they had an angle here. They did Fireman Sam, which is a kid's show. They did Double yes. Dare. They did Huxley Pig, which is a kid's show. They did some kid's show stuff. But then I saw the thing that curled my toes and made me scared, a little bit scared. They also did Popeye 3 or Wrestle Crazy, Popeye 2, depending on who you ask. Horrible, horrible games that I'd played on the Amiga. So I knew these things were going to be garbage. So that didn't exactly fill me with glee. Before I get into this game, I want to talk about, because for our American listeners, like, if you're like me, like, I'd heard the term bangers and mash, like, millions of times. I didn't know what that was. Yeah. Uh, so I looked it up. Mashed potatoes. I knew it was food. Yeah. So it's sausage and mash. It's a traditional British dish. Consistent. This is from the wiki. Considering a sausage is served with mashed potatoes, it may consist of a variety of flavored sausages made from pork, lamb, or beef, often specifically Cumberland sausage. It says here the dish is usually served with onion gravy, but may include fried onions and peas. There you go. Uh, apparently, you this serve, gets served a lot at like pubs and whatnot, and they've got it here that in 2009, this was listed as Britain's most popular comfort food. Yeah, so there I can you go. See that. Not too bad. Now, so you've got bangers and mash the food, right? But we got to delve deeper because we know this game was based. The name was based on the food, and the car and the show. The game was based on the show, but believe it or not, the show was also based on something that was also based on the food. Okay, the bangers and mash books by Paul Groves or Grooves. Uh, these were used in primary schools, okay, in the mid-70s, and they had, were like workbooks. And they were popular with the kids. And I guess this is where they got the idea of having the uh, the show. The show Bangers and Mash, it's a uh, cartoon that was broadcast uh, in 89 and ran pretty much on and off till 93. There were 25 five-minute episodes uh, in the show. Now, it would be foolhardy for me not to do my due diligence to Brent. So I actually went and watched an episode. Of the, I watched two episodes of Bangers and Mash. And the show consists of a kind of a wacky narrator who will tell you what's going on as they go to the, the dude's house uh, up there in the tree. And they uh, then you get to see what's going on in the neighborhood. The, na- the, the uh, Bangers and Mash are two monkeys. And all their monkey pals, their monkey parents, their monkey grandmother is there. They've got a friend named Petal, who's a monkey. They've got a teacher uh, named Mr. Chum. Uh, and the neighborhood is also a local witch. I never saw an episode with her, but her name is Mrs. Snitchnose. It says here, according to the wiki, a rat-like creature yeah. with a long nose and hairs coming out of it. So that sounds that sounds dandy. Uh, and they, basically, these monkeys go around getting into trouble. That's the gimmick. So, or trouble gets comes to them. Yeah, like just I'll watch, curiosity, Aaron. Yeah, and I'm sure we didn't watch the same episodes. Uh, okay. or, or it's a very low chance. 
Did you happen to see the episode with involving the elephant? I did. I did actually. Oh, you did watch watched. the elephant one. Okay. I did. Yeah. And uh, uh, the the bangers and mashes father was out trying to burn some leaves, and it kept raining on him. And it turns out there was an elephant that was sucking water out of a local pond, and it blowing it all over the monkey's dad. So that was he escaped now, from the zoo. So now, yeah. Aaron, what do you? And then they went to the zoo to visit the monkey, or to, right. to visit the. It's uh, odd elephant. to me that monkeys have a zoos. zoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, a planet where apes evolved from men. <laughs> now, Aaron. What did you think of the cartoon? How did did it tickle your fancy? Or you wasn't go bad. It, the whole wasn't, series? it was a lot better than I thought it'd be. I watched two episodes. I watched one where Petal uh, beat the crap out of them because she's apparently a jujitsu expert. I thought that was pretty funny. So I do like that. You know, I, I did not enjoy this show. I, oh, you was, didn't like it? And I thought the answer no. was funny. The theme was pretty good. No, I mean the narr- It's all a narrator. It's all a narrator. <laughs> That's just tough to swallow. That's right. It is all narration. But they, it's a five minute show. What do you want here, Hamlet? Give me a break. Uh, so, with all that said, when you have a show like this, you know what it's time for—cash in time. You got to make a little bit of bread, <laughs> brother. And so that's what they did here when they came mm. out with the game Bangers and Mash. Now, uh, again, the game. Uh, followed the tv show which followed the books which followed the food we could get that in there again released in 92 uh retail price on this bad boy three pound 99p heck of a bargain uh programmed i had to look i had to dig into this to find who did this programmed by a guy named richard stevenson get this i found an interview with this guy uh rich rich was a bedroom coder and he ended up getting lucky and making a game called short shorts fuse for firebird software and that got him over and so at that point he got to work on a lot of titles <clears throat> he worked on some duds like i said wrestle crazy comes to mind double dare he worked on a lot of ones we mentioned he also did uh, one of my personal favorite stupid games bmx ninja so that was one of his <laughs> uh, he did crooked captain madelix dynamics uh dead or alive double dare papa two he did a lot of stuff uh, the uh, as far as I could tell, the uh, opening screen with bangers and mash on it was uh, done by pixel artist Paul A. Bellamy, who's got a lot of credits to his type name as well. He did, including a lot of the ones we just mentioned. Uh, so this game had a, uh, uh, a some decent people working on it. Um, Alternative Software Limited, the guys that published this, they're kind of interesting. Uh, they're a game company out of Castleford in Yorkshire, England. Mm. Uh, and they did games for the Spectrum and the C64. They did a lot of stuff from licenses, including uh, stuff from Thomas the Tank Engine, Andy Caff, Doctor Who, so Fireman Sam, Postman Pat. They did a lot of stuff, and they're still around in, in a certain way. Uh, they ended up, uh, they they joined Game Republic, uh, uh, and they and up to the point when this was written, they had done stuff for the PlayStation 2, so as far as I know, they got absorbed. But they, you know, they had a long run, if you think about it. They were Absolutely. doing stuff in 2006. Not too bad. So what in God's name is this game? After all that's said, you play as Banger, okay, of the Banger and Mash duo, okay? Your job is you've been set up by your mama to go out and gather fruit for her salad, okay? She's going to have a big salad, big dinner, okay? And now mama... I will say this about your mama. She's got an enormous appetite because it's not like you're gathering a couple bananas. You're gathering probably a hundred of everything. Uh, this is a like basically a vertical uh, platformer, right? With some shoot with shooting elements, sorta. And you are going through the woods and ga- or jungle and gathering this uh, this stuff. You can jump and you can shoot mud pies. Okay, uh, at the bottom of the screen. You've got a big, huge, probably two-thirds of the screen is divvied off with a title, the score, how many extra men you've got, and how much fruit you've uh, picked up. This is the classic baloney where they cover up two-thirds of the screen with something that they don't need to have there. But I will say it does list everything, and it's pretty colorful. So I'm going to say... At least it's useful, yeah. That's right. That's right. It's useful. Um, Of course, this game has buckets and buckets of color clash. Just buckets of it. Uh, Your monkey will... 
uh, will turn, uh, basically blend into the background of whatever he's standing in front of. Sort of like a chameleon. Like if a, an ape and a chameleon had a son. Uh, you go around collecting bananas, apples, and pears, but you also collect diamonds. Uh, these go For towards your reason. score. And the game is pretty leisurely. I mean, but here's the funny thing about it. You're always pursued by two things, right? One sort of annoying and one incredibly annoying. Uh, the witch, as we mentioned in the flavor text, is always haunting you, no pun intended. And she's also sent out a ghost. Now, the witch shows up some, but the ghost is almost ever-present. Yeah. And he's really your only obstacle in the game. Most of the game, just going up and down the platform is not that hard. I found the controls easy to manage. I didn't have any trouble getting around. I thought the the, uh, the uh, gravity was fine. I mean, I, th I thought you could uh, judge jumps pretty well. Actually, I like the jumping elements in this game, and I like the graphics. The trees and the uh, the forest is rendered in a very pleasant way. Uh, it, it's it, There's an adventure element to it. There's an exploration element to it. There are areas to the left and to the right of the screen in the classic uh, ZX Spectrum tradition of exploration in their games. And so it's neat to see a game where you just don't jump up and down for the level. You can go le at the begin very beginning of the game. You can go all the way to the left, all the way to the right, or you can jump up in the air as you go through the screens. It's kind of neat. The world's not double immense, but it's pretty. It's pretty good sized uh, game. Uh, when you go up, when you're going through the game, aside from the ghost and the witch, you'll encounter other obstacles, usually in the form of porcupines or ladybugs uh, that that will get in your way. Uh, as you move into the more uh, <clears throat> intricate parts of the game, you'll find uh, bridges that fall away from you. Eventually, you'll come across Mash, who's hanging out, dropping stuff off uh, from a ledge. Mash has been uh, relegated to sort of the B status in this game. He didn't get the full the full uh, the full treatment. I will say, if you, if you wonder how you tell them apart, Bangers wears a tie with a B on it, and Mash uh, wears a shirt with a big, huge M on it, which... I don't know what that means. I think they've got some uh, identity issues or something, or maybe they're just real <laughs> paranoid that people don't know who they are. I like the fact that this guy wears a tie. That's always funny when a monkey in a tie. That always amuses me. From my, from, and almost uh, all of them do it, by the way. Yeah, yeah. If he was smoking a cigarette and riding a little bike, we'd be a business. <laughs> um, I like this game. It has a great opening screen. It's got an occasional tune that will just pop up for no reason, which is nice. Uh, there will be different flowers in the game that you can get. Some will do good stuff. Some will do bad stuff. There's like four that you'll just come, sort of come across. Um, the game is pretty well thought out. I thought the level design was pretty pretty clever as you go through getting all the fruit. When you get all the fruit you need to clear that level, you basically can jump on a balloon that will take you to the next level, which I thought was cool. This had sort of a, a – in some ways, this reminded me of uh, – a lot of the British games that have you collecting stuff, but this one didn't irritate me as much as some of the other ones because it's pretty straightforward. I like that uh, about the game. Now, <clears throat> what do I not like about it? The, the the ghost. The only element of this game that provides really any challenge is a, a, annoying as heck. He never stops. All you can do is shoot him and you can't kill him. He'll just go, he just kind of backs off. This is one of those games where you can jump off the screen when you see an enemy you don't like and then come back up and he'll be gone. Like, they'll just go away. So, like, the screens, whenever you're not, whenever the screen that is off-scrolled off the screen, it will basically reset. And so that means some enemies will go away and some will come back. Uh, it's it's okay. I mean, it, it is a, it's a good way to get rid of the ghost or the witch if you can. But the ghost has a bad habit of jumping right up under you as you're in middle, coming from the top of the screen, as you're in the middle of a jump, and there's no way you could have known he was coming. It's a real cheap death, uh, and I, so that got real old real quick. And the witch, occasionally, she usually comes down from the from or comes up from the bottom more than coming down from the top. Uh, but so I didn't find her as difficult to avoid. But the the ghost, that guy was annoying as as all get out. I had a heck of a time getting around him. But overall, I thought it was a pleasant game. I don't think it's got anything to do with the show, if I'm honest. Uh, but uh, I think for a kid, uh, this would be a pretty decent game. And for an adult, it's not bad. I mean, I've played much, much worse in the echelon of cartoon games. Like, this is way better than, say, like, Popeye, Wrestle Crazy, or Huckleberry Hound, or Yogi Bear. I like this a lot more. And I think it's a cute little game that you can let your kids play. And, hey, for four pounds, what a bargain. What would you think of this one, the Brent? This game's garbage. Oh. It's trash. 
I, I, I'm wondering if we played the same game. Uh, this it has so many random blind jumps where you are just falling, ho- guiding left and right, hoping to get everything that you need. You have to pick up every banana, every apple, and every pear in the game to to get through. Okay, which I hate that yes. kind of crap because there are you know. 50 plus of each item it's a collection game though. that's the point of the game and then there are tons and tons you keep saying oh the ghost is the worst part the ghost is the worst no the ghost is. is not the worst part the worst part are the rotten apples which are scattered al- around the the screen just like the fruit is except if you touch it you die no so, the ghost is worse than those because you can avoid no those. no it's not because what happens is you're making blind jumps. It will lead you up a path. You'll jump vertically several several screen widths high, and then you will be expected to jump down and blindly navigate as the screen scrolls towards you. Well, but they uh, they put the fruit in a way that guides your jumps down. No, no, that Usually all that cra- they guide <clears throat> you right down. That's what I did. We just fo- follow the fruit down, and generally- almost always at the at the end of this. At the end of this, it, after the end of the blind fall, is almost always something that will kill you if you don't move to the left or right. And unless you take notice of of the item uh, as you're going up, it, it's just a random guess. There's yeah, but I too took much. Notice. There is too much of that kind of stuff. There is too much uh, uh, <clears throat> falling <clears throat> where you just free fall and, and try to collect things as you fall. Is this the worst game ever? No. No, it's not the worst game ever. It does not use the license to any meaningful degree. I mean, you're not... What makes you play... What What are you as bangers? What What's your special cartoon-based ability? What does this have to do with the cartoon at all? Nothing. Well, they're, they're in the woods, nothing. climbing in trees. They see some no. of their buddies. Like no, pedals it has in nothing. Here. It has nothing to do with the cartoon. Ah, no, Literally... I mean, you, you, they, they could have stuck any protagonist in here, and it would have been the exact same game. Were, you don't, it's, a, it's a game for kids based on this five-minute show. That, aren't they, I mean, it's not. I think, like I said, is this thing a top <laughs> shelf? Is this a 10 out of 10? No. Is it a 6? <clears throat> yeah, I'd say so. A 6, 6.5. I'd go with that. It's not bad. I mean, the jump elements are good. I, th- I kind of like that sort of... We used to play a game on Nintendo. I think it was called Wizards and Warriors or something like that. It was yeah. a vertical score. It's sort of like that, except not as hard, which is fine with me. Mm. I never this game. Uh, I, maybe it's just um, my skills have degraded, but this is a bright, pretty much right, right in my wheelhouse. I had a pretty good run on it, and it, you know something else. If collecting stuff is the European standard, my friend, that's I know. all their games I know. like that. And <clears> I. Don't- and, I like it in this game. It makes a lot of sense. I think they did an okay job with the license. I mean, what are you going to do, for God's sake? They're two talking monkeys. I mean, no, like well, first of all, they're not them. talking monkeys. I don't well, think I've ever heard them say a word. They do talk. It's not in but the game. There aren't, the in, there aren't shenanigans. There could have been so many like <clears throat> little shenanigans that, that they go through to in the game. They could have set up things like taking aspects from the show, anything. Could have made this more relatable to the show than than the nothing that they gave us. Well, also uh, we've only, you've, to be fair, you've only seen the one show. I mean, there could have been shows that had all this. The, the graveyard could have been in there, and the and the witch was in there. So I mean, no, you're right, you're right. You know. I, I'm going off of my limited source material. And maybe Lord Super brings up a good point where he says, "Listen, this is a four quid game. It's a budget title for four okay. quid. I think you're getting a good deal." I I, I don't. I think that the <clears throat> does the game play okay? Yes. Do I think the game play the game design is good? No. I do I do salute it has uh tight controls. I never had any any issues with not going or going where I wanted to go. Uh it does kind of suck that there is uh, an, a ton of color clash, but that's a ZX Spectrum thing, so you just have to accept some things from the systems. Um I just I had no fun with this. I found myself dying a lot uh, from those stupid rotten apples. That was by <laughs> far is what killed me the most. It's funny. I had a lot more fun with this than you did. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I I enjoyed this game a lot more than I thought I would. 
You know, yeah, I this, think it's colorful. I think I like so it I like, is. By the way, the closing and opening tunes are great. They're from the TV show. When you lose, you get a real nice ditty from the show. The opening screen's great. So I mean, I think they they like listen. This is a get paid title. Let's not make any mistakes about that. But I mean, it absolutely. As is, far yeah. as a budget title goes, I think you're getting your four quid here without any problem. And I think it's I think it's a pretty fun playable game. I will say, I will say, for a budget title. For a for a four quid title, okay, I, I think you there is enough there to make it a a acceptable purchase. If someone bought this, I'm not going to yell because they bought a, a four. Uh, you know, yeah, they got this for four quid. Now that said, a few aspects I really loved. The tape jacket on this is really nice. Yeah, uh, it has all the animation styles of the of the show. Uh, it's very detailed and very colorful. Also, the uh, uh, like you said, the music at the beginning and the end. I, I did you ever figure out what triggered the random music in the game? I think it's just random because I tried. Okay. It's not picking stuff up. I don't know what it does it, but yeah. And it, but it's <clears throat> nice. It's okay. It's okay. It's odd. Well, it's I, I wish. I mean, I it, the music was fine. It was fine. I wish there was more parts of it. Uh, or if it came in more often, but it, it, it's fine. Yeah. So I liked it. I, I thought the, I think the I did not like stuff. this game. I do not think it's a good game. But if you're gonna push me and say it's four, you know, four bucks, okay, fine. I can accept this for a four dollar game. And here's something else I'll say: if when me and you had the cocoa growing up, if we could have went out to the local uh, drugstore or newsstand and picked up a four pound game four dollar game five buck game on tape and took it home and it would have been like this i would not have complained no this you're is, right you're you right know, and so you're you right. gotta remember that now i looked at some reviews on this the brent uh sinclair user gave this an 80 percent. your sinclair gave it a 70 i think those are both totally reasonable grades i, I think those problem. are a little high i don't have any problem with those uh those particular scores we actually did get some reviews on this, the Brent, if, if you'll indulge me here. Uh, Pajaco writes in, Bangers and Mash, a half-baked platformer that is fundamentally broken. So he sort of agreed with you, it sounds like. Aside from enemies randomly existing on platforms, you have to contend with the fact that as you jump, the scrolling get the games vertically, excuse me, as you jump, scrolling the game vertically, that you'll hit that, insert expletive here, ghost or witch, that you had no way of knowing was there. That is a problem. The game has leaps of faith in order to get some objects. You Tons have to fall those. down a few screens and hope the game doesn't spawn an enemy in your way down. I don't know if the developers were under pressure to get this one out. The game could have been good fun. Kids game had they just locked down the enemy spawning. You're right. Graphically, it looks nice. Control-wise, it's quite fluid and responsive, but broken gameplay had utterly destroyed this game for me. This game should have been called Bangers and Trash. Three out of ten. That's, that's I think three's I, a little low. I, I do think, too. I would that's, I would not tell people to go grab an emulator to play this game. Uh if it's if it's loaded up, sure. You know, I wouldn't go out of my way, but you know. I got another review here, the Brent. Oh. Our good pal Z nine K nine writes in. Bangers and match. Uh, mash ingeniously exploits the viewpoint of the common side on platformer to conceal the player character's front, and thus the letter B or M, which differentiates the two similar apes, leaving you long in the dark as to whether you are controlling either bangers or mash. I will say the the instructions in the jacket tell you. Um, the reveal finally comes deep into level two. Your companion shows up in a stand facing out of the screen, smiling and holding one of the apples you seek. You ascend to accept the gift, and the ape drops the apple, revealing the M proudly emblazoned on his shirt. The apple falls on your head and kills you. This was a stunning emotional reversal. To finally learn one's true identity, only to have a life of renewed meaning immediately snuffed out with an act of fratricide. Let, left me really. Wow, it really hurts, Z9K9. Referencing Hitchcock's dial-in for murder, Fritz Lang's M and like... And like the endings of Metroid Double Dragon combined, this is truly a, a, a bravura feat of metatextual storytelling. Six out of ten. What a review. Holy smokes. Left me tongue-tied. 
a six out of ten at the end of the day on that one. So overall, I'd say that's about right. Six out of ten. Bangers a match. I enjoyed it, but I mean, you're not going in there for a deep game, that's for sure. So fair enough. With all that said, the Brent, uh, it was my turn to pick a game for you, and I'll go ahead and explain myself. Uh, I'm a big fan of Rowan Atkinson. I love that guy. Great British comedian, a treasure in the UK. And I first found out about him in uh, the original run of uh, Black Adder Series 1. Of course, I watched all the Black Adders. I watched The Thin Blue Line. I love that. And then, of course, here comes Mr. Bean. It's funny, when Mr. Bean first came around, I was not a fan. I didn't get into it because was, it was so different from his other characters where he played this kind of smart, elecky jerk guy. Uh, but Mr. Bean, I, once I got into it, it turned out to be a, a super treasure. I love that show. And it probably will get into history as his finest achievement, eclipsing his other brilliant turns. Uh, and so when I found out that they had uh, produced an animated show uh, of Mr. Bean, that, and he was on board, including doing all the voices and stuff on it, I was like, holy smokes, I mean, the, me and the boy would watch it. And it's a really good animated show. And so I thought, well, here's a British show. It's animated. This would be a good show to let the Brent try the game on. I looked around, and sure enough, there had been a game released uh, for the DS, the Wii, and I think a couple other systems. PS2. And, and so this was the game I picked for the Brent this week. He got to play, bam, Mr. Bean. Brent, take it from there. All right. <clears throat> well, if, before we go into the game, we have to look at the source material. And to look at the source material, we have to look at its source material. So, Ms. Mr. Bean... Uh, yeah, exactly. It's funny how these things work. Uh, a British comedy show from, what, 1990, Aaron? Something like that? I do believe it was 1990. Uh, Mr. Bean is a a lovable sort of moron that goes through and overdoes everything, right? He, he has schemes. He has these setups. And it's all to have a, a comic childlike view of something that's taking place. Uh, some of the supporting characters, like he's got a teddy bear, a, a teddy plush that he carries around, and he, he treats it just like a normal person. He'll animate it to bob a Ted back and forth like it's talking, or he'll carry it, and he'll set it in places, set it in chairs, serve it breakfast, that sort of stuff. He does some so, despicable stuff to that bear, too. I remember one time he... He he yeah he put stuck a brush up its butt and used it to paint the wall. He did, he's also yeah. had the head off of it, the eyes. He uses it as a sponge. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> it's been dismantled many many times. Oh yeah. So, but so that's what you're you're working with. It's would you call this slapstick, Aaron? Would you call Mr. Mr. Bean, Bean slapstick? Mr. Bean is is tough to put into a, a category. Yes, he because is. there's yeah. very little dialogue from Mr. Bean. It's just wacky. So look, I'll tell you, one of my, me, and the, antics. me and the boy, one of our favorite episodes is one where he goes to the pool, okay? And it's all, it's a scene about Mr. Bean just at a public swimming pool, but which doesn't seem like much, but like, he's afraid to go off the high dive, and that's a bit, you know, then his, he loses his shorts, and that's a bit, and he's trying to look, he always wants to look cool in front of other people, even if it's kids, so that's, that's a bit he does, and so he's got these, he's got a personality where he, he doesn't like to be one-upped. He doesn't like the. Uh, he always wants to win and be first, and so there's that. So it, it is. He's sort of a, a an overgrown child, which is that's what makes the show great. Yes, I I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Now, my question to you though was, do you consider this slapstick? I'd say there's definitely elements of slapstick in there, among other things. But okay. there's a lot. There's a lot. All right, that's fair. That's fair. So when you take something like that. And uh, the the show ran for several years. It was actually an off and on affair. It it, it went away and then came back. There aren't that many episodes, after. in all honesty, for as popular as it is. Correct. Yeah, I, I think there is uh, what fifteen episodes. Yeah, and there's some also total. charity events. He had a couple films in there. Yeah, because Mr. Bean became very very popular. He showed up in other media's. He showed up uh, in film. He showed up in books, which I don't get that at all, but okay. 
uh, video games, obviously, since we're talking about them here today, and uh, uh, tons of merchandising, and just an an absolute treasure. So the animated show kind of picked up where the live action show left off where he just gets into a bunch of antics and, you know, goes about and, and solves them or overcomes them or experiences them in his own Mr. Bean way. And I'm glad that you said that, you know, they talked to the, the creators of this and were on board because they actually were executive producers in the cartoon shows. The cartoon, by the way, ran much, much longer than the live-action variant. Uh, there were five seasons, 130 episodes. And for British television, that's outstanding. Uh, of course, they were only 11 minutes each. Also, um, Bean belongs to the world at that point. He was all over. He was playing, yeah, That was playing everywhere. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, this showed up uh, in on Cartoon Network, the the uh, uh, British version of Cartoon Network, which the CITV. So it wasn't much of a stretch to take that live action Mr. Bean, because he was already basically a live action cartoon character, and convert him into an animated animated series. Uh, I don't know. I know you've watched tons of Mr. Bean. I don't know how much you've watched of the animated series. Some, but yeah. I thought they did an excellent job. Oh, I think yeah. The, the mannerisms, the Mr. Bean mannerisms, the, uh, the, he does, the, the original actor does all the voices. Yeah, Ron Atkinson very does little, the voices. Like Aaron said, there's very little dialogue. It's mostly just grunts and very, this very low, uh, guttural speech that's hard to understand at the best of times and almost never important to what's actually happening, uh, to the show. You could go. You could watch the show on mute and completely understand what was going on. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, I've watched a lot of the cartoon with the boy back in the day. I haven't seen one recently, but I, I used to watch them a lot. They're great, and I knew when they had the same crew, they're not going to do a dud. They're going to put good stuff out there. And they did because at that point, Mister B was so worldly beloved that if they put out a dud, they would have been killed. Right, right. So now, of course, doing this for fifty-two episodes, I'm sure there are plenty of episodes that are not entertaining and are crap. Uh, because I think it would be very difficult to come up with 52 different ways of of putting Mr. Bean in a situation and, and let him uh, overcome it in his own ways. <clears throat> but they did it, and uh, it was very successful. It, it ran, got canceled, and then ran some more, which I guess is a British tradition for television. So <clears throat> when you have that, you, of course, do the next best thing when you have a successful series that you feel like just absolutely running into the ground. And that's when you release Mr. Bean the Video Game. Uh, this came out on the PlayStation 2, the Nintendo DS, the Wii, and also a Windows variant over in Europe. And these came out between 2007 and 2011. Uh, the, all, the, the same basic game, which is kind of crazy, but there you go. In this, you play as Mr. Bean, and you are trying to rescue Teddy, your 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 plush teddy bear, uh, from a basically unnamed uh, kidnapper. Uh, and for some reason, you have to collect cat biscuits to pay the ransom while also collecting puzzle pieces, keys, and uh, power-ups along the way. This is a three-dimensional... 2D side scroller, meaning the graphics are 3D. They're basically that cell shaded type look uh, to give the boards depth, but the action that you actually play on is just a 2D side scrolling plane. Sometimes you'll kind of do twist so you see different aspects of the character, but for the most part, it's just a 2D plane. And the game is horrible. I mean, it is absolutely dreadful. You've got such a playful character, such a wonderful environment, where you can literally stick him in so many of these different situations and have a good time. And they choose the one thing that is absolutely boring. Uh, Going around just collecting stuff on your directed path is lame. 
you had you could do so much with this character. Uh, so many situations setting up these like Ruth Goldberg type machines, or oh, you could have done a point and click adventure. You could have done so many uh, different. Oh, aspects. that would have been something. But instead, we get this absolutely generic uh, side-scrolling platformer that is easy as all get out. I don't know how you could possibly die in this. <clears throat> and yes, I understand that it's kind of made for kids, even though the cartoon was really kind of geared towards uh, teenagers and and adults. There Not are aspects. Kids oh like no, there are it. definitely aspects that kids could enjoy. But it, it was a very universal appeal kind of cartoon. So this platformer, I I don't know how far you played through it, Aaron, but I got sick of it pretty darn quick uh, because it's just the same thing. You've got this push or pull element that you can move boxes around to get jumps, but they're never puzzles. They're just <coughs> obviously this thing is too high for you pull the box over so you can jump up and get it. There's never questions of what you should be doing. Uh, there are also a few mini-game aspects where you put together a puzzle uh, or play a whack-a-mole type mini-game. They're both garbage. I mean, the puzzles are fine, but they're just, you know, 16-piece puzzles. There's nothing fun or interesting about it. Uh, there are a few cameos from people in the show that are in the game but not nearly enough and that no no one has an important role uh and the ending to this game which i did look up online is just a text screen where you you go you you retrieve your your teddy and then he the teddy flies off to space and you are left wondering what the heck is going on when you get a text screen that says you win so i i don't know it didn't use the the system the dual screen of the 3ds at all or the ds at all uh the bottom screen just had a inventory listing and i so it really it, this failed in every possible regard aaron what did you think about it you know i i'm such a big fan of the of the shows and i not i not played this and uh i was looking forward to trying it out uh and uh um uh, it's it's a, an abomination uh, onto man. Uh, for starters, you do get to play. You get to pick whether you pick play as Bean or his girlfriend. Yeah, who's ever going to not be Mister Bean? Well, I'm just saying. Oh, I like his girlfriend. She's pretty funny. But it doesn't matter. Uh, this is no good. Uh, it's in some ways. It's it's a, in some ways it has a few things in common with Bangers and Mash. But I, I think this is a, a much crappier game because I mean, say what you will about Bangers and Mash. It controls well. You've got yes. a clear goal in mind. This is just... I was frustrated. I didn't die so much. It's just not want to play that much. Yes. I didn't spend a whole lot of time with this because this had go-away heat with me. I mean, aside from the fact that they took a, a, a beloved license and just crapped on it, uh, it's just not fun. It does yeah. not... It's nothing like the shows uh, in any way. I thought the two and a half D uh ca like camera stuff was it was okay, you know, on a on a portable system. I thought that I mean I think graphically it was it was okay. I didn't think they you could tell that not a lot of great care was taken to do stuff though. I mean, just the whole premise of it. You're not in Bean's town or it's you're not anywhere. Like where is he? Like who knows what's going yeah. on here? You know, there's no you don't have this is a game that doesn't have an animated lead in or something. Like something fun that you could have done, you could have taken some footage from the cartoon. I mean, you could have done that, and not taken up a lot of space in the DS, you know. But none of that was put in there. Nothing here to, to make the game special in any way, you know. Uh, it's like it makes. I mean, it's not like they reinvented the wheel either. It's not like there's a ton of stuff in here you've never seen before in a in a in a uh, platform style game. Right. It's just it was poor. Even the premise of Fresco and your teddy bear, I mean, sure, you can do that, but that's not super creative. You know what I'm saying? Like, one thing right. about Bean that's funny is, like, there's an episode about him going to the dentist. There's an episode about him going to go buy a chair. There's an episode about him going to buy tree ornaments. Like, real simple premise that he makes funny. Could you do something like that? I mean, could you have multiple? Why not have multiple episodes? You know what I'm saying? Why just have one continuing episode? 
use some of the things he's done on the cartoon and make them fun. You know, I don't. It, 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 well, so I mean, let's face facts. Let's call it what it is. A lot cash of these cartoon, a car, a lot of these cartoon games are cash ins, and they they take the path of least resistance and they do them. We've seen it a million million times. Yep. How many Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, DS games are just throwaway garbage that they wanted to cash in on the Barbie license or the or those stupid twins or some whatever the flavor of the week show is that week? Even games like Huckleberry Hound that I mentioned earlier or Yogi Bear, things based on these sort of B grade cartoons licenses. You know, that's why you appreciate a game like this, like a Simpsons Hit and Run or something like that, where they. At least that they made the game. They wanted to do right by the fans. They didn't want to put out. Now, granted, The Simpsons has been guilty of it too, by the way. But they they have had bowling. some good games. Yeah, that's the one that comes to mind. Uh, you know, but I mean, why take a character? My God, you said this show ran for all those episodes. You've got all this material, and this is the best you could come up with. Now, I do wonder yeah. if um, they have a uh, a better go of it on the consoles than the DS. You know. And I will say, I told, I picked the DS for you because I thought it'd be the easiest thing to do for you. Uh, so maybe I, I guess I suppose I could have screwed you. I don't know how. Did you see how similar this was to the console game? I, I did not look at the console versions at all. I can't imagine they're going to be two D scrollers though. I would assume that they are probably full three D, uh, but I don't know that for sure. Yeah, well, they were. I, I was not happy uh, with the game. Now. When you go to the title screen, you can choose between options, a story mode, and mini games. Some of the mini games are, I mean, they're okay. They're not they're great, you know, but they're okay. Uh, but I don't know, man. I was kind of bummed out by this one. I was really hoping they would, I mean, I had a feeling it was going to be crap. Don't get me wrong. Because these games, they just have a history of being crap, <clears throat> you know. And I will say, British, American, French, whatever, they will take your license and crap on it nine times out of ten. As long as they can get a yeah. quick buck, uh, and, and which is what they did here. I didn't catch who actually produced this, but they 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 got the in there and got their money. The developers were beyond reality games. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good name for it. Anyway, I didn't mean to fully crap on the game, but it's crap. <clears throat> no, no, no this this was this was bad. Uh, the uh, uh, even. The, the graphics, I will say, <coughs> were fine enough. Uh, the sound <clears throat> effects were not balanced, though. You you had enemies, like the bee enemies, were incredibly loud while other things were, were soft. Yes, I noticed that. I was yeah. glad you pointed that out. Um, the, <clears throat> the, the controls on this are fine. I mean, I, I, didn't, I never had any trouble uh, getting uh, Mr. Bean to do what I wanted. So that aspect of it's fine, but for matching to the source material, there was nothing there. Uh, uh, there was no love in this game at all. So I, I would not, I would absolutely not bother to to emulate this or buy it or or play it really in any way. There's nothing here that isn't done better mm. elsewhere, uh, and it's it's so sad to see that Mr. Bean. Uh, uh, the, the the license of Mr. Bean was treated this poorly. Oh, we did get a couple Discord reviews, Brent, if you're interested in hearing those. All right, let's do it. Um, Pajaka writes in, he says, I'm sorry, this week it's a double burial. Uh, he says, uh, Mr. Bean, the cartoon version of Mr. Bean is a great kid show, but the game yeah. phones it in. The levels like any real variety, and the controls are a little sketchy at times. I, I get that this game is probably more for real kids than pretend kids like myself. However, it is dull and repetitive and with little actual challenge. Even the mini games can't save it. It also has some weird game design choices, such as you're playing the game to rescue Teddy, but your meter is Teddy, and you have to pick up Teddy icons to replace your life meter. Or er, what? <laughs> I, also... Why are some items pickups and some items like keys are in boxes that you need to hit to open? Then wait for the animation to finish. Then pick up. This leaves me missing keys the first time I played level uh, level one. This sadly is a great example of a kind of licensed shovelware you see far too often. An uninspired game that quickly becomes uh, being there, done that. Oh, four out of ten. By the way, it sounded a lot like what we said there. 
Xenon K9 chimes in. The genre of Mr. Bean's comedy is hard to pin down when you think about it. By turns, uh, by turns, stupid and ingenious, domestic yet surreal, cringe but ultimately likable. The game is not so original and resolution uh, and resolutely limited to the platform genre. I know sales targets, but if your only Mr. Bean himself had designed the game, it surely would have turned out weirder, harder to sum up and dismiss. Cringe-based gameplay, scribble not likes, uh, scribble not like object interactions, driven by Bean Dream Logic, a, co- a conversion system shaped around Bean's abstract mumbled grunts. Headbutt the royal family. Perhaps these are embarrassingly bad ideas, naturally designed to fail. But, but when did that thought ever deter Mr. Bean? He gives us a four out of ten. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Zena yep. is a poet, my friend. Very well said, uh, fellas. I concur. El Dudo Grande. Bro, we picked a couple duds this week. Yes, what do we, we did. What do we take? And that's I, I, not fair. I actually like Bangers and Mash. I thought it was a lot better than this. Oh, what it we, was. No, it definitely was. What do you take from all this uh, uh, shovel awareness when it comes to cartoons? Or do, do publishers just underserve children? Assuming that they're too stupid to know what's going on, because I think the days of that being true are over. My kid's sharp as a tack, nope. and he can tell nope, when that's something's not what garbage. It is, Aaron, that's not what it is. <clears throat> they target parents who only know enough about something to know the title, and they say, "My kid watches Mr. Bean. I'll buy him the game." Or yeah. uncles and aunts who are trying to find that gift for a kid, and they know remember that one time that he watched Mr. Bean over at his house, so he goes and buys him the video game. That's who these people target. They're not targeting the kids. They're targeting the people who are buying things for the kids. You might be onto something to Brent, uh, because this is something we see all the time. It's a sad state, uh, and even beloved licenses like the old Batman animated series, for example, have been blighted with some duds over the years. And now let's not forget Superman, Aquaman, who also got hosed, and we both love that Superman animated show, and it's one of the worst games of all time because someone phoned it in. Uh, it's a tragedy, uh, the Brent, that you can't get a good game. Even uh, shows that aren't cartoons are often uh, fall in the same category. Shovelware, get it out the door, especially if the show's tanking. You know it's gonna they're gonna get screwed. To Basically, be fair, go- yeah. For for the super uh, the Superman game. Uh, Superman 64, that was not that the developers didn't have love for it. That was a lot of uh, higher-ups, publishers, uh, WB, license holders, all trying to enforce their rules onto the developers, and it ultimately causing problems. Well, I'm not saying that the developers didn't, didn't do a good job with what they were tasked to do with the limitations they had but i don't put it all that on them there you go well well said well said with all that said and this game and this bizarro state behind us let's get it on brent it's time for another spin on our good friend the wheel brent let's go yes so i have added a couple new pieces to the wheel this week to brent Uh, if i may go to wheel cam here so for starters We've got our Retro Rewind piece. Let's talk about our good friends over at Retro Rewind who sponsored this piece. Bam, there they are. Retro Rewind, our good buddy Frank, will take care of you with all your Commodore needs. You need uh, parts for a Commodore 64, a Commodore 128. Uh, you have a Amiga sitting around, CD32, any of these things. He can take care of you with such things as OS upgrade chips, uh, with uh, flash carts, with caps, if you need a cap pack, you're going to recap that CD TV. Frank will take care of you. And if you don't have the jack or the time or the nerve to recap this stuff yourself, Frank is also there for you there. He can take care of your board, send it up to Canada, and Frank will recap it himself. 
He's an old school professional who's been around the block and he's worked with some of the top techs that you ever heard of. He's been on TV. He's a big deal. He knows what he's doing, doesn't he, Brent? And there's new stuff coming to the shop all the time. So if you're thinking, man, you know, I did I visited last week, but why go back again now? No. Type it in retrorewind.ca. Go see what he's got. And Aaron, we should definitely mention ARG10 promo code extra 10% off. Uh, so if you're gonna order from from retrorewind.ca, use that code. Save even more money. I mean, why not, right? Well said, well said. And we'd like to thank Retro Rewind for sponsoring this week's Retro Rewind piece, Brent, which is, bam, Windows 3.xx is the Retro Rewind piece. If that comes up, we'll be playing something on the Retro Rewind uh, from that from that system. Now, the new piece this week, board games based off video games, suggested by me, Amigo Aaron. So if that comes up, we'll be playing a board game this week. Are you ready for the big spin to Brent? Absolutely. Here we go. Huzzah. Oh, man, it's a good one today. And the winner is... Let's see what we got here. An oldie. Games that become other games. This was a Herbsky choice. Brent, games that become other games. Can you explain what that means to me, Brent? Because I'm not 100% sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. These are games that, during development, uh, started out as one type of game, and through its development cycle, transformed, transcended, morphed into something else, and eventually came out as a different type of game. Can you give me an example of a game like that? Uh, That's... <laughs> so this is going to be really tough. I may have to call on Herbsky to get some advice on this. Games that became other games. Well, I mean, I could think of a few right off the top of my head. Here's, uh, there were pinball machines that here. lost the license, for example. Well, also, anything that had a uh, uh, sequel that was radically different from the, the, the game it had before, that would work, too. Oh, man, we're really going to have to... This Hermsky's put the boots to us this week. This is going to be a difficult one to, to research, but it could be enlightening when the deal goes down. We'll come up with something. Uh, so that should be fun. Now, here's something else that should be enlightening to Brent. And just a few weeks... Oh, my God. It's literally a few weeks away, Brent. That's Friday, November 26th. You know what it is. It's your boys getting together for some Thanks for Giving Marathon. Brent, tell the folks about Thanks for Giving the Marathon. Thanks for Giving is going to be the day after Thanksgiving here in America. Uh, it's going to be a Friday. We are going to start at 10 a.m. local time and play until 6 p.m. And we are just putting on a show for all of those supporters and all of those donators and everyone that has given us support or assistance throughout the year. This isn't about raising money. This isn't about pushing merch. This is all about giving you some entertainment, some extra entertainment uh, to say thank you for all your kindness throughout the year. Well, well said, well said, Brett. You know, I was going to mention this to you off the air, Brett, but I, it's much more fun to say it during the show. The boat will be out of town that weekend. Uh, and so uh, Amigos is setting her up for grabs. So we may end up tacking something in there. We may work an angle. We, we got to talk about it, but that we may that may end up being because when we did that last year. If you'll recall, after last year's Thanksgiving, I instantly did Amigos the boat. So maybe we could do something about that too. So it may be double trouble. But one thing's for sure: 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Thanks for Giving Marathon. Let me tell you, folks, I've been feverishly working in Amigo Studios East. I've been out here, or is it West? I never can remember that, Brent. Was it East or West? We are east. East, yeah. I've been out there in the arcades, what I'm saying. I've been hooking up microphones. I've been setting up cameras. I've been getting chairs put together. I've been putting together gaming rigs just for this event. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get together where we won't have to worry about Skype or Discord or internet issues. Unless, well, well, I can't say that. <laughs> but we're going to get together, and it's going to be just old school fun. And we're just going to play a bunch of games, spin the wheel a bunch of times, and hopefully uh, get a lot of people in the chat room having a good time with us. Again, that will be the 26th of November. So please stop by and check us out. Uh, Brent, any closing thoughts before we take this thing to the house? 
Nope. Let's get this thing to the house quick. Again, next week, games that become other games. Recommended by Hermski himself. We'll see you for that next week. Have a good week, everybody. Sayonara. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Special thank you to Duncan Styles for our Vector Style Graphics and Bartfit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG present. Just like these fine folks. Rollo, Olaf Hope, Paul, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Solo Norris, Frodo and L, Chris Fold, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob, Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Andy Jones, Kevin Bean, Pachaco6502, Anthony Jarvis, Steve Rathmason, Bernhard Lucas, Dave Velociraptor, Graham W. Rashi, Mr. B, David Terrence, Super Tech Boy, Oram, Sundown, Texas Foosballer, Airshack, Retroalgy, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Xenon Canon, and Mario Ramey. They all have access to our Discord channel and their names put and called out in the credits. Why don't you? If you have an idea for a wheel piece, you can email us at argpresents at mail.com. Be sure to visit our sponsor, RetroRewind.ca, and use promo code ARG10 to get 10% off your order. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT. Hope to see you there.